Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth. Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast continues to gain recognition as a great resource for small business owners, business leaders, uh, manager, sales professionals, and the like, and that is really because of the guests. These are folks who have expertise in particular areas of business, and they join me to have a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. The goal is that you get answers to your questions, get information and ideas that you can use in your business so that you can be more successful. Today is no exception. My guest today is Mike Lloyd. After 10 years as a professional photographer and educator, Mike took his knowledge of leadership, communication, and education to the commercial clients he shot for. He led sales trainings, worked on safety program reforms, and helped develop empowering team cultures and eliminated siloing among departments. Mike knows how to motivate teams, clean up inefficient systems, and create an environment where everyone is actually excited to show up and crush it. Thanks for joining me today, Mike. Thanks for having me. I am thrilled to have you. I, I want to dive right into this, and I am so curious to get your take on what you think makes a good leader. Oh, man, that's like defining love. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Give it a shot. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't trust anyone who's like, oh, it's these three adjectives and you've nailed it. Because it's it's such a dynamic thing and it's it's changing. So I guess that's part of it. You have to be dynamic. You have to be changing. Nothing is cookie cutter. I, I essentially look at it as like, how do you get 
the most out of your resources, human and non-human, while making sure everybody involved wins as much as possible. So it, you know, yeah, you can get more productivity out of your staff, but if that burnout causes them to resent their job or you and then leave, then I don't see that that as a win. Uh, And and that was not an effective solution. So that sounds to me like um, it's a long-term game, not a a short-term, quick hit, you know, let's solve this immediate thing. A good leader can actually, you know, looks at things, their, their organization over time and says, how can I make sure that we have systems and processes in place that, um, help everybody do the best they can. Correct. Yeah, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. It's it's a yeah. mindset. Uh, it's it's a constantly evolving practice. You're constantly developing yourself. You have to be, um, and and the humility to know that you tried something and it didn't work, and that's fine. You can pivot and move forward, and you didn't lose. Ah, very nice. And, and it sounds that... to me like, I think one of the things that I just heard is that, that it is a constant education um, for yourself and your staff. Is that fair? Absolutely. And it's, it's learning new communication styles, new ways to read people, uh, new methods of motivation. Like that's one of the biggest ones that I see uh, day-to-day working with folks. It's like, well, we'd love to promote this guy, but we don't have the budget. It's like, well, maybe promotion isn't even the best answer because, you know, if anyone's read, uh, what is it, the um, E-Myth or like has ever worked in a job, uh, not everybody who's a technician is great as a manager. And so sometimes promoting people beyond their level of proficiency is actually a detriment to both them and the company. And it's really hard to move people backwards or laterally. And then folks end up having to leave companies because they were promoted into an area that just isn't their specialty. So that promotion might've been well-intentioned, but there could have been other options. Like what if, you know, uh, more flexible schedule, different time off, um, some other kind of benefit, you know, an employee of the month or, or some kind of reward trophy. I mean, there's so many ways that you can inspire and motivate folks that isn't just a promotion and learning things like just, just changing your mindset around uh, how you engage with people. That's just one example. Yeah. Yeah. I, I so relate to that. It, it reminds me of when I was in sales and I had a very young family and the incentive program was um, a trip, and all I could think of was, I can't take a trip. <laughs> just, that's ridiculous, you know. Right. I, 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 right. And so it wasn't incentivizing at all. So it sounds like, you know, you need to know your people and what motivates them, and it can be different for everybody. Yeah. Um, right. But but if you don't hit the thing that that they're motivated by, then it's not going to work. Right. And the really, really funny slash not that funny thing is all you really have to do is talk to the people around you. Like find out what they do on the weekends, what their families are about, what's going on in their life, what do they really enjoy, things like that. I mean, 
if you found out somebody's favorite band was coming to town and they've been doing a phenomenal job and you just surprise them with a set of tickets for them and their spouse or best friend or whatever, like that, I'm like getting goosebumps right now. That goes <laughs> so much farther in your work relationship than, you know, just about anything yeah. else you could do, I'd imagine. I mean, because you paid attention, you care about them as a human and you're not just doing like the normal cookie cutter. This is what's acceptable at the corporate level uh, to, right. to respond. Yeah. Yeah. You're not falling into that standard. This is, this is just the way that it is. You're right. actually really connecting with people. Yeah. I can see that making a huge difference. Yep. Huge. Okay. Now talk to me some about, I, I, I'm pretty sure that there are people listening who, when we talk about constant education and, you know, making sure that not only we are educated, but that our employees are educated, Mm -hmm. I think there's probably some people listening thinking, okay, you know, no one's loyal anymore. No one sticks around. Why would I invest money in educating people who are just going to quit and take all that knowledge and potentially go to my competition? What would you say? totally valid. Uh, I would ask, well, what are you doing to keep people? (laughs) And what is the cost of not educating your employees when your competition is? So sure, they might stay, Uh, but uh, your, your competition is getting more educated, more valuable employees. So if you give someone a reason to stay, they're more likely to stay. Like, I don't know anyone who loves looking for new jobs. It's like being single again and being like, great. What is Bumble? <laughs> do I, people do this? It, it's not a fun experience. Nobody yeah. likes it. And, yeah. uh, and, and again, it just comes down to like engaging with your teams, knowing your people, and you can find out what motivates them to stay. You know, maybe they're taking care of, uh, of a sick relative and they need the benefits package that your company offers. And so they, they feel obligated to be there. But again, part of what I do, I want to help companies create an atmosphere where people like legitimately want to show up uh, because it brings them joy. So how do you create that sort of atmosphere? And it's not a foosball table in the break room. Um, but it's like <laughs> someone greeting them by name when they walk in in the morning. Uh, little human things, you know, it, it is, it's like being in a relationship. Um, one of the good analogies, I guess I've been hearing a lot lately is when you, you know, 20 years after you've been married and you look over at your spouse and you're like, do you still love me? And they're like, well, of course I do. Like, well, you haven't said it in a long time. I'm like, well, I said it on our wedding day and nothing's changed. So why do I need to keep reminding you? And it's like, well, that's not how it works. And, and it's the same thing in the workplace. I wouldn't necessarily tell your staff you love them unless that's like part of your, your culture. Uh, and then that's cool. But just like stopping by like, hey, how was the fishing trip? Or yeah. you know, like literally anything. What do you think of the new software that we're using to manage this content? Is it really easy to use? Or how about the new time card sheets? Like, are they... Are they actually saving us time or is it so tricky to figure out that it's just not working? And, and being open and vulnerable uh, and receptive will 
give your teams permission to actually give you honest feedback instead of just saying things like, no, the software is great, or I don't know, I, I think I just need to try harder, uh, which maybe those could be real answers, but you're never truly gonna get honest feedback and input uh, in meetings or, or in anything if you don't consciously create that environment. And, uh, and part of that is education is, investing in your staff because it is it's an investment you'll absolutely uh see a return on that so like with you know if you're in sales you bring in communications expert uh sales uh folks who teach trainings um conflict resolution uh i mean there are so many conferences that are so niche down i mean i'm i'm really into the marketing space and so you can go and learn Facebook ads and social media management and content marketing, social media management world. I mean, there are so many niche um, conferences. What if you took, you know, two days off for your, with the team and sent everybody out to this conference together, or at least, you know, a couple people from that department uh, who could then report back to the rest of the team with what they've learned yeah. and, and how they've been energized and, and facilitate it in a way. And this is like a big one you know, we all go to conferences, events, seminars, whatever, we get so fired up and then those notes just get thrown in a drawer and we don't do anything with them. So structure the environment. So the day that they get back, their responsibility is to put together sort of a lunch and learn for the rest of the, the team. And they're not allowed to do anything else until they've communicated what they learned and possible ways for the team to implement those things. Yeah, I love that idea. That is really great. It gives it stickiness, and um, it it has. I would imagine that part of the result is that when someone then has to share what it is they absorbed, it becomes more of a thing mm-hmm. than just you know listening to information and and hoping that then at some point you'll do something with it. Right, and they take ownership, which is another huge thing. Mm. So when you give someone, you know, the, the authority to figure out how to use those solutions within your own team, or maybe, you know, they've taken a look at things and like, you know what, I learned a lot of really cool stuff, but none of this really applies this time. And that's cool, but let's keep it in our back pocket for next time. I think that's also really valuable, but when they do implement those things, it's, it's theirs. Like they came up with it, they experienced it, they brought it to the team and mm you know they're going to work harder on it than if you sent someone an email and be like, hey, I need you to make this happen. Well, you know, one of the things that, that I feel like I'm, is like a thread running through this is that what people really want is to feel uh, like valued and to feel like they are actually making a difference in whatever it is they're showing up to participate in every day. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's simple. It's not easy, but that's that's essentially (laughs) it, right? No one wants to be worthless. No one wants to feel like they don't matter. And when you make an effort to make people feel like they matter and that you want them there, they, they bring more to the table. Right. 
because they want right. to, not because they feel obligated to. This isn't like a, a law of reciprocity thing. Um, they they genuinely want to. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I think that makes a lot of sense. All right, I'm going to take a quick sponsor break, and then <clears throat> I have some more questions for you. Cool. Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. And if you sign up at our link, which is audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, you get one free audiobook and a one-month trial of the service. Some examples of books you can listen to on audible.com are Everyone Deserves a Great Manager by Scott Miller and The Ultimate Sale by Justin Goodbread. So visit audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, explore the books that are of interest to you, and receive one free audiobook when you sign up for the trial. Today we're speaking with Mike Lloyd about the importance of providing the leadership team your stakeholders expect and deserve. So Mike, is there uh, like a right time to start working on culture and development? You know the adage, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago, the second best time is today. Uh, it's, like, <laughs> it's like I want to get into really good shape in six months. Like, why not start today? And, it, and as we've talked about, it's, it's a long-term game. It's a mindset. It's a culture. It's a lifestyle. It's not like, you know what? I'm just going to be a great leader today. And then suddenly this flip switches, a switch flips and everything like works. It's a process. And so start today and you're going to start learning a lot about yourself, which I thought was a really cool thing when I first got into this. Uh, and it, Rather than changing what you think, which will inevitably happen, it changes how you think. And you'll start looking at the same situations you've already experienced and like so much differently. And new solutions will just naturally come to you that work a thousand times better than the old solutions. Uh, and it, it's like a snowball. Like I cannot stop reading you know you're sponsored by audible audible is like my best friend uh, i did 78 books last year my goal was 50 and i got through 35 by like april and i'm like cool wow i'm gonna keep trucking i did a lot of traveling last year with clients so a lot of airplane a lot of road time um so uh, it's something that you could start on and it never it never ends but it's such a wild ride. Like I can't even imagine stopping. Um, well, I, and, and I think that's really valuable. I think sometimes people feel like if they didn't start their company with a, a certain culture, mm -hmm. um, that it's too late. And that's not necessarily true. As you said, you know, you can start now, start today. Yeah. There's, there's no downside to sort of, um, making a decision that you're going to change the way things are for the better. And I really can't imagine, like, I, I would love for someone to give me a legitimate reason why you shouldn't focus on personal development and leadership development. Mm. Like, like financially, it's not 
expense. I mean, it's, it's relative, right? But like yeah. reading, reading books, listening to podcasts is a really, really great way to start. And that, I mean, that sort of investment is, is peanuts. And then working with a professional such as myself, again, I mean, okay. What is the cost of turnover inside of a company? I mean, even if the company is, is 10 people, I'm here in Silicon Valley and, and, you know, average, I don't even know what like an average salary would be. Let's say a hundred thousand, just as an easy number. If you had a 10 person staff at a hundred thousand a year and one person quits a year and it takes you a few weeks to fill in that space and then another month to bring somebody up to speed, like you're already at two months out of the year of no productivity in that position. So yeah. just not losing people gives you two more months of productivity. Uh, but also that downtime of now you have to find somebody new. You have to interview people because no one ever hires the first interviewee. That's like marrying the first date you ever go on. <laughs> um, and then the time to minimum productivity, like how long does it take to train that person and bring them up to speed uh, while also not taking away from everybody else who is working on bringing them up to speed. I mean, out of okay, I'd just say out of that two months, that's already twenty thousand. Well, if you spend less than twenty thousand and you can stop somebody from leaving, you've made your money back. So, yeah. I mean, you're really work it. You're doing this so that things don't go wrong that cost you money, and people will be more productive and work harder naturally. And so those those productivity. Uh, uh, the amount of productivity you get per hour paid goes up. It, it's definitely a win. Okay. I, I, I am a huge proponent of uh, companies would be really wise to take a look at what it is really costing them to bring in and exit employees because they'd be really amazed at, mm -hmm. at that cost. And then the cost of, professional development is far less than right. whatever that's going to be, especially because, as you said, productivity goes up. But speaking of productivity, how, how can someone gauge um, that they're getting more productivity out of their team? I mean, you know, it feels to me like it, it's, it's a really measurable thing, but then it also feels like leadership is sort of a – um, amorphous sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So how, how would you say someone could gauge how productive their staff is? So if there's room for improvement, let's ask that question. Totally. So I see measuring productivity as a, a relative measurement. So there's no set amount of time that a task like, defaults to taking but you know how long it normally takes for your team to do it. So if they can do it faster, then that's increased productivity. Um, so it, it, it's relative versus something you can like numerically define um, in, in that, that context uh, is the way that I see it. And one of the favorite things that I like to do, uh, I learned this, I wish I could remember who it was, but it's called Five-Year-Old Fridays. And it's because he took his five-year-old daughter to work 
and she saw this big machine in the lobby and she's like, why is that here? What is that? And he had no idea. And he'd worked in this building <laughs> for like 20 years and they asked the front desk and the owner of the company and nobody <laughs> knew what these giant machines were. And it, it came down to like one of the, the facilities like maintenance guys knew what they were. They're like old printing presses from a hundred years ago that were part of somebody's family heritage or, or something, but they walked past them. It's like front door of the lobby, then these machines and then the elevators and they saw them every single day and no one knew what they were. And I think that's such a good example or a, a metaphor for all the systems within the business. So one of the things that I think is a great measure of how productive your team is, is how much are they looking to constantly be more productive in um, looking at systems that are in place that could be sped up. It's like a company I just worked with uh, last year. They were getting handwritten and drawn um, basically orders from their field technicians that their manufacturing team in their fab shop would produce and then send out to the field techs. Well, some were writing them on napkins, some on graph paper, uh, some would take a picture with their cell phone, some would scan them or fax them, some would do them on the computer and just email them. There was no uniform way. And, and the thing was, the people that received them would have to turn them into a uniform output so that the engineers could basically program the specs. And there was so much time being wasted translating all these different uh, order forms, if you will, into the one input they really needed. But they'd been doing it like this for 50 years. And so they thought it was too much to take on. So I'm like, well, huh. what, if, what if we sit down, let's identify what all the things are that need to be on this order form. And it was like graph paper so they can keep the line straight and then material types and who ordered it, what's their phone number, when does it need to be delivered by, like all, all the different information that they needed. And we printed them in books, um, like notebooks and like thousands of these things. And then when the paychecks went out the next week, we just sent stacks of these books out with the paychecks. So everyone in the field got them week one and it was uniform. The guys could even just take a picture with their phone and send it in. But then every single image that came in was exactly the same. They were pre-sized with the space where the computer puts a QR code on them. Like all of, all of these things shaved, shoot, probably an hour a day off each of the guys whose job wow. it was, was to receive these and process them. And I mean, I outsourced the actual like design work of this thing. And we spent like 500 bucks. I mean, these guys are making 150 an hour processing this stuff. So that paid for itself <laughs> in like half the first day we implemented this process. So much time saved. So now these guys aren't working nights and weekends, which is another right. way that I like to measure productivity. Can you get everything done in the normal work week? Yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> People really do just get used to this is the way we do this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, it blows my mind, but it keeps me employed. So it yeah. I have <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. You can't be too upset about it. But no, it is a little no. nuts. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's, it, I love problem solving. Like when I do any kind of puzzle games or um, anything like that, you know, I'll sit there and I'll stare at it and like the, the gears are turning in my head and then suddenly the pieces just come together and I can like rearrange the entire thing into whatever the output's supposed to be. Um, I, I love looking at, at all the components from a higher level and, and figuring out how we can make them all work together. So I love this stuff. This, this just fascinates me. Uh, this is absolutely where I belong. Do you think that's easier uh, for you because you're coming in from the outside and you haven't been doing, uh, you know, working these processes all the, over time? Maybe because I don't have any, any sort of attachment to anything in the process. But when I was doing my photography, uh, at least on like the, the B2C side, you know, somebody would hire me for, uh, I did a film noir style boudoir photos. So um, like glamour photos essentially. Mm -hmm. And um, I always... Like the, the normal workflow is somebody comes in, gets hair and makeup done. We do the photo shoot. They schedule an appointment to come back later in the week, look at their photos, pick out what they want. I place the order and then they, pick, they come in for a third time and pick up all the prints. That's like a normal professional photographer workflow. Well, I wanted to shave one of those days out and make this as fast as possible without sacrificing anything for my client. So my goal was to do the viewing session the same day, but I also don't want to be like, Hey, I need you to go away for four hours and then, uh, you know, waste that half a day and then come back. So what I did was I started timing myself, like how fast can I edit a shoot and get the presentation ready and get everything queued up and ready to go. And so first my goal was an hour and it, that was not, not reasonable, but I got it in 90 minutes. And I mean, I finished almost every single shoot at like the 88 minute mark, like zero room for error, but I would bring, you know, have my laptop there in the shoot. So when we're doing outfit change one, I would upload pictures from the first part of the shoot to my computer. That way at the end of the shoot, I don't have this long upload time. That's just essentially wasting time. So I started looking at every way that I could speed it up. I bought the fastest memory cards, the fastest card reader that I could get. Um, I updated my laptop with the most RAM so my programs would run faster. I wanted to shave every second that I could, like the, the two second lean off of everything. And, and I got it down to that like 88 minutes. I could go as a, a shoot from 300 photos down to about 120, 130, and then like 99% fully edited uh, before my client came back. So now I'm like, hey, you go grab dinner and here's a gift card to my favorite restaurant down the street. And then that was like a cool experience for them. Um, and I mean, you know, $50 gift card given to my client was, uh, drop in the bucket oh, compared it. to what they were yeah. going to spend and how much they'd appreciate it. And I didn't realize the impact these things were having other than I wanted to save someone a trip. Cause again, Silicon Valley, you drive 30 miles, that could be an hour and a half. So yeah. I didn't, I didn't want my clients to have to make another trip to see me. Uh, I also just wanted to like move through and be able to, you know, get a client totally done in a day. So they would come over 90 minutes after their shoot back to my office and we'd do the viewing session 
And depending on what they got, I could even have stuff packaged at my print lab and then drop shipped to their house. So, uh, so much time that I got to save that was essentially yeah. unpaid, you know? Uh, right. That's a great example. I mean, I, I just think because you looked at every aspect of it, you know, it's sort of like helicoptering up and looking at it and saying, okay, how is it flowing now? Yeah. And where are those places where I could shift and, and you tried it and tweaked it and, you know, mm-hmm. got it to a place where for the time being, it was the best that it could be. Totally. And it definitely did yeah. not work smoothly the first time. So like I said, my first goal was an hour. Well, I got 45 minutes in and I had to call my client. I'm like, Hey, uh, I was a little ambitious. Can you, can you give me like an extra half hour? And she's like, no problem. I'm like, okay, cool. I was like scared there for a second to seem unprofessional and she was totally yeah. fine. Um, but even still like at an hour and a half, they would go eat or sometimes my clients would go to the gym and want to just like get, blow off that steam or, or whatever. And then they would show up and they, I started getting thank yous that they didn't have to wait a week and anticipate what the photos would look like. And I didn't even know that was a thing before that my clients would leave and spend all week wondering if anything turned out, did they look good? Were they fat in the photos? Did any, and, and I had no idea until they started thanking me. They're like, my friend did this and had to wait a whole week. That sounds like torture. I'm so glad I got to do it after like an hour and a half. So that became marketing material for me. And I would run that in my ads and put that on, on all my collateral because I didn't know it was a benefit, but if I hadn't, tried to fix this other problem of keeping them from commuting more, I would never have known that other benefit also. Oh, that's a really great point too, that, that there's collateral benefit from making a change. Sometimes, you know, things that, that you wouldn't even think of, yep. but it be, becomes realized. Yeah. That, that's mm-hmm. a big, big point. So if someone is, is listening and they're thinking, okay, you know, I, I, I get it. Um, I don't know that I could fly um, sort of culture and woo stuff up the flagpole. What are some hard skills they could work on instead? I'm also like not really into the woo woo stuff. Um, there are times when I've been pleasantly surprised, like, okay, I was not expecting to take anything away from this experience. And I've, I've learned from folks who are, I'd say a little more mystical than my usual approach to things. Uh, but as far as hard skills go, again, it all ties back to just being, I mean, it's, it's a new mindset. It's a, it's a paradigm shift. It's this lifestyle that I keep talking about and, and it's communication. So how can you get to know what really motivates or frustrates your staff? Like learning how to talk to people, how to read people, uh, how to be vulnerable. That is a huge one. I'm a huge fan of Brene Brown and I think everyone should read all of her books. Um, (laughs) And they're on audible because I listen to them all on audible. Uh, And being able to talk about your mistakes and areas that you need to improve on and that you are working on yourself and 
you can ask for your team's patience and their honest feedback. And just doing that is going to change the dynamic you have with your staff. If you're like, hey, uh, I want to be better at communicating. I want to know you better. I want to be able to create an environment where everyone wants to show up and just be a rock star every single day. So I'm going to be learning these new things. I'm going to be trying these new things. I don't know what's going to work. I never done this before, but I know we could all benefit from it. Can I ask for everyone's patience and like really honest feedback? Cause it doesn't help anybody if, if we sugarcoat yeah. anything. Uh, and then, you know, can we all get on this? And if you think at any point that I'm doing stuff, that's too, uh, that, that just doesn't make sense. Or like, you feel like we're in a kindergarten class, uh, finger painting today, then tell me, uh, challenge everything. And, and just having that kind of meeting and creating that space, uh, takes a lot of strength and humility and, it will absolutely change your dynamic, but then you actually have to like do it. So it, it can't be one of those cases where you're like, these are our new core values and our, our mission statement. And then they go up on the wall uh, next to the front desk or, or, you know, in a, an all hands email and then no one ever hears from them again, or something shady goes down and someone's like, I thought integrity was one of our core values. Like you did not act with integrity there. Uh, you know, whether it's hiring somebody in your family who's underqualified despite these other people or, or whatever it may be, um, you actually have to do the things that you say you're yeah. going to do. Yeah, I think that's huge. <clears throat> I like this idea of vulnerability. I think um, when a leader can be vulnerable and open to feedback and input, it really gives everyone permission to be vulnerable, which that's when really good solutions come about because everyone is willing to um, share mm -hmm. and, and t you know, in, in a positive way, you know, critique, so to speak, but, but not be critical. Yes. And it can make a huge difference. Yeah. And I, I know some of the resistance I've got in the past working with some, you know, macho men leaders, it's, it's always the dudes who you can tell spend like 40 hours a week at the gym that resist anything when I say the word vulnerable. And it, <laughs> I, I want to like address that right now. It's being vulnerable is a strength. It's not yeah. weakness. It's not vulnerable. Like when, you know, an animal rolls on its back to show that it's not a threat. Like that's, that's, different context. This kind of vulnerability is like, I am, I am strong enough to take your feedback. Uh, my, my own resolve is enough that I know where I want to go and I've never done this. So I need you guys to help me keep steering. And uh, I am confident enough in myself that I, I can take all of this constructive feedback as that constructive feedback and it's not an attack on my character and right. and when you can own that your world will change and that's another one of yeah. those examples of things when you start working on personal development 
uh, and leadership development, which go hand in hand, a lot of overlap there. Um, it gives you strength you didn't know you had. Yeah, I, I think that is terrific. Mike, I really appreciate this conversation. Will you let the listeners know, you know, how they can find you and what, what you've got going on, please? Absolutely. So MikeLloydCoaching.com uh, is, is the best place to find me. You can email me, Mike, at MikeLloydCoaching.com. The phone number should be on the site also. Uh, you can apply on there and we'll jump on the phone for a strategy session and we can actually talk about your situation and what's going on. And it actually is a strategy session, not just a, a sales call. Cause I, I hate when people uh, offer, you know, breakthrough session or, or whatever. And you get on there and they're like, cool, here's all the things that I do. Give me your credit yeah. card number. And I'm like, you don't, yeah. you don't even know what my problem is or if you can solve it. So we'll actually talk about some of the things you experience and I'll give you some suggestions on how to address it. And you can run with that. Or if you want to work together, that's great too. Um, but I'm actually going to like give you some real helpful stuff. So nice. yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Excellent. Well, well thank you so much. And listeners, thank you. Uh, this was definitely stuff to probably listen to again because um, <laughs> there's some real value in it. And I'd like to thank our sponsor, Audible.com. To get your free trial of Audible.com, as well as a free audiobook, go to audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth to sign up. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey friends, this is Jim Knight, former 21-year Hard Rock executive turned best-selling author and top 10 keynote speaker. And I'm Brant Menzwar, former frontman of Hollywood's most dangerous band turned top 10 motivational speaker and best-selling author. We host the how-to podcast, Thoughts That Rock, where we talk to rock stars, athletes, CEOs, astronauts, and even next door neighbors who share their expertise and opinions. Together, we tackle the most interesting and challenging topics of today. Whether you want to learn how to become more confident, how to deal with anxiety at work, or how to write a hit song, or use Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in life, we've got hundreds of episodes to help amp up your life and move you forward. Subscribe to Thoughts That Rock wherever you listen to podcasts, and check out evergreenpodcast.com for more information.